innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. WHUPLP Hillsboro, North Carolina, the center of the known world. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast. I am Jeff Shaw, and we are talking to you today about the stories of the martial arts in the Carolinas and beyond. Very excited for the show today. We have local fighter Samantha Seff, who has a new MMA bout November 5th, not this coming weekend, but the next weekend that we're stoked to talk to her about. We also have two of her training partners from TFTC Academy, Maddie Mingi and Julie Ferguson, who will talk to you not just about this upcoming fight, but what it's like to help a teammate prepare for a fight camp. A lot of you folks out there who do not compete in MMA who do not compete in jiu-jitsu nevertheless are part of the local martial arts experience because you help local fighters in terms of getting ready we're going to talk to all three of them about their experience leading up to the U.S. Freedom Fighter Championships event in Spartanburg South Carolina on November 5th we'll get to that in our featured interview segment before we get into that I have to do the news segment and I also have to tell you how to get hold of us if you ever hear of anything that um if you, if you ever hear the news segment and think I wish that Jeff would have said something or mentioned something you can always get at us at cagesidewhip at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at cagesidewhup. On our Facebook page is Cageside Radio. I'm also going to tease something right now. Please, please, please be sure you tune into next Sunday's show. We are going to have a major announcement about some big changes that are happening that we're really, really excited about. Things that are not just going to make the show better, but are going to make our contributions to the local Carolina MMA and jiu-jitsu scene much more considerable. And I'm just going to leave that right there right now. If you're interested, you can talk to me about that in person when you see me at U.S. Grappling next weekend. Or you can, what I would prefer, tune into the show next Sunday at 10 a.m. We're going to have some exciting happenings. So first, let's get right into the news segment. The upcoming events that are happening uh, are considerable. And next one is U.S. Grappling Greensboro. That is Saturday, next Saturday, um, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, U.S. Grappling is our favorite local tournament organization for many reasons. It's the best competitor experience. I will be there refing and competing. I know many of you will be as well. You can still register online at usgrappling.com. Uh, so get out there and do that. Um, have some fun. Grapple with your friends. Uh, show up and support local martial arts in that respect. The weekend after that, November 5th, is Samantha Seff's fight. That is, as I mentioned, the U.S. Freedom Fighter Championship Shadows of Enmity, which is going to be in Spartanburg, South Carolina. There will only be a live stream if they sell out the tickets. We will. We've already posted an event page to our Facebook page telling you how you can get tickets and get out and support Samantha and some of the other TFTC fighters on the card, which we will mention later on. You will also be able to help us all see the fight um, if, because if there is a sellout, we'll get a live stream. As always, you can go to our Facebook page in cage, at Cageside Radio on Facebook to see um, to see that and to help support um, support that final uh, item that I'll mention in the news segment many of you know this already uh, we've been talking about Toro Cup November 12th uh, Toro Cup always happens at Cage Side of MA and Triangle Jiu Jitsu Academy 124 Lotter Road in Durham North Carolina it is a local super fight card where we have I believe 15 uh, excellent Jiu Jitsu matches both in the gi and without we've posted some of the matches that we are most excited about to our page uh, we're going to post the complete card as soon as the complete card is out that's going to happen in the next week or so um, 
couple of exciting elements about it that we haven't mentioned on the shows thus far. We've broken down all the matches that have been announced on previous shows. So if you want, you can go to our SoundCloud page or check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and recap all of the card that we have broken down so far. But if, if you don't want to do that, although you should, um, you can just continue to check out our Facebook page as we, as we announce it. The two things I will mention that are most special is that is Veterans Day weekend. And so, as always, Toro Cup benefits some really good local charities. This time, the local charity is a veteran-related charity, Geese for GIs, which provides Brazilian jiu-jitsu geese for active duty military members and military veterans. Uh, that's run by Brian Crandell, doing great work there. 50% of the gate is going to go to Geese for GIs, so please get out there to Toro Cup November 12th at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu in Durham, North Carolina. Support a great cause, watch some outstanding jiu-jitsu matches, and support uh, the local scene uh, in the martial arts. And those, I think, are the major events coming up. If I missed anything, let me know. Once again, cagesidewhoop at gmail.com, Twitter and Instagram at cagesidewhup. If you ever want to support the show, you can check us out on iTunes and Stitcher where you can subscribe, or if you like us, which hopefully you do, you will leave a review. Without further ado, we're going to get right into our featured interview. We have three folks that I'm really excited to talk about, and usually we focus on MMA or on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on the show because that's the art that I practice, but uh, it's always exciting to support local MMA fighters, folks training and competing. Um, so we are going to talk to Samantha Seff right on the other side of this bumper. This is Dewan, Dirty South Owens, and you listen to the K-Side Concussion Cast. So Samantha Seff fights out of TFTC Academy, trains at a bunch of local gyms in addition to TFTC, has a big fight November 5th. Samantha, welcome to the studio. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you all here. We'll introduce Julie and Maddie in just a second when we talk about training partners. But first, I want the listeners to, to be introduced to you. And so maybe you could talk to us a little bit about how you got started training in MMA and how many fights you've had so far. Yeah, um, I moved to North Carolina a little over three and a half years ago, and I started training as soon as I got here. Um, mainly due to my brother, Jeremy Seff. I had always wanted to fight, and we are triplets. I was a little jealous that he got started a little before me, so I moved up here as soon as I graduated from Florida State, and I immediately got into training. Um, Jeremy had a career as an amateur fighter. He was 3-1, and one, and I had always wanted to get into it. I had been trying for at least a year to get a fight, but due to extenuating circumstances from injuries and just fights falling through, I wasn't able to get one. So I will finally be getting my second fight November 5th, uh, I was very happy with the way my first fight went. There's always stuff I see that I need to work on, but I had a pretty good debut. I did win in the first round uh, via an armbar after about a minute straight of ground and pound, um, and that was all really due to help of my training partners and my coaches as well. They really helped prepare me for this fight. And so this will be your second amateur fight. Obviously, you're really excited about that. And you know, I want to talk. You, you, I want to talk about a lot of what you highlighted. I want to talk about your brother Jeremy Seff, who is a scrawny little guy without very many muscles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, super, super tiny. Clearly needs to hit the Wheaties. Yeah, right. And it's like, uh, as as the vegan Hulk myself, I want to get him into an, an arm wrestling match with Jeremy Seff, which I'm sure would go well for me. <laughs> but 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 yeah, I want to talk to you about training with your. I mean, you 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 hit on a lot of things that we'll talk about over the course of the interview. Training with your family, you know, training methods, and the difficulties of finding any type of fight as an amateur MMA fighter, but particularly as a woman mm-hmm. who is probably smaller. And you know, like we we talk all the time about how tough it is to find fights, to make fights, and to actually get those fights happening with the realities of injuries. And so you must be very excited to finally be getting back in the cage. 
Yeah, it was a 100%. It was my dream. It was something I always wanted to do. I feel very lucky that I get to pursue my dream as tiring and as exhausting as it is. And as much as I complain about it, which I'm sure the two ladies here can attest to that. Uh, I was just very happy that I finally got that first fight. It was a dream come true. I made sure to try and make everybody proud. I can't wait to step into the cage again. On a scale of 1 to 10, and we'll introduce our other guests in just a second, but first I just want numbers from each of you. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the biggest complainer in the world, how big a complainer is Samantha Seff? 10. Then, <laughs> 10. I'm going to go with 15, Jeff. <laughs> It's important. It's important to be a reali- realistic about not only your own performance, but also your own complaining abilities. So let's. But so before we get into the nuts and bolts, let's let's talk about the particulars of this fight. So this is with U.S. Freedom Fighter Championship, USFFC. It's in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and it's November fifth. So how can folks who want to support you? How can folks get tickets? Can they get tickets from you? Yeah. If you guys uh, are friends with me on Facebook, if not, you can add me on Facebook, Samantha Seth. I constantly post the link to get tickets to the fight um like jeff had mentioned earlier they are trying to sell the fight out so that they can live stream it which they had done last time the fight sold very well for the last card and they were able to live stream it which was really good for all my friends in north carolina and other states who were not able to make the fight i'm lucky enough that i do have a lot of people from tftc coming out to support us um there are three other people from my gym as well josh alston uh, John Burke and Mikey Lines. Mikey Lines actually fought on the last fight card with me as well and came off a unanimous decision victory. I know that several that the USFFC has had, has hosted other TFTC fighters in the past, so there's like a tradition of y'all fighting for them. I believe, I believe Travis Holloman fought on a couple of their cards. He's, he has. He's fought on a few of their cards. Uh, his sister Katie Holloman has fought on their card. Um, John Burke has fought on multiple USFFC cards. Cool. So let's, as as a way to talk about, so let's talk about your opponent for this card. Do you know your opponent, and how much do you know about her? Yeah, I actually um, have studied several of her videos. Her name is Alex McBride. Um, she's currently one in four, and she's a very tough girl. I never like to underestimate any of my opponents. Um, to me, I have the utmost respect for anybody who do get into the cage. It takes a lot of courage for somebody to willingly step into a sport where they know they can get pretty injured. Um, I had a lot of respect for my last opponent. I have a lot of respect for this opponent. She actually had fought one of my teammates previously, and it was a very good fight. Um, Alex is notorious for going multiple rounds in all of her fights, so she has a lot of time in the cage. Um, And I do get some really good training from people who have also studied her fights. Mary Holmes, a local brown belt as well, helped me study her fights and work on some stuff with me. Um, So she's pretty awesome. Do you have a particular game plan for this fight in terms of, like, here are things that I definitely want to do, or is it more of a, I'm going to get in the cage, having studied this opponent, and just kind of see where the fight takes me? Well, actually, that is a good question. I do receive some really good advice from, you know, Brad Acosta, one of the brown belts at TFTC. He always lets me know, you know, don't worry about what they're going to do. Worry about what you're going to do. Focus on your game plan, uh, which is what I do. I have a lot of background training in wrestling uh, that I received from both Mark Jahad, who wrestled at NC State, and his dad, Dr. Jahad, who wrestled for Iran in the Olympics, and they helped me out with my takedowns a lot, um, and I really enjoy doing takedowns. So that's what I like to focus on. I like to play my game for a fight. I like to look for takedowns, work my jujitsu, uh, not worry too much about what they're going to do, focus on the stand-up I need to do until I can get to my uh, takedown and jujitsu game. Awesome. Sounds like a well-thought-out plan. And we will return to this fight specifically toward the end of the interview. But I want to get uh, Julie and Maddie involved here for a second, which is, uh, you know, and first, so first of all, I'd like each of you to 
introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us how long you've been training and whether you started at TFTC or whether you came there for someone else. So, so Julie, why don't we start with you? Yeah, hi. Uh, well, my, my name is Julie, and I'm currently a Blue Belt at TFTC, recently promoted to Blue Belt. I've been training for just a little under a year. Um, started just at TFTC. Our whole family got the kids enrolled first with the kids program at TFTC, with them doing the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and then uh, slowly transitioned myself and my husband into the gym as well. And so... Um, so you've been training just a little under a year, and you're a blue belt. And do you do both grappling and striking at TFTC? I, I was doing Muay Thai. They've kind of shifted focus with some of the class right now on the Tuesday, Thursday Muay Thai classes, and I haven't been participating in those. That's more. What do you? What would you consider them? Self defense tactics, um, stuff that saved Coach Brian's life in the past. <laughs> Well, we're glad that Coach Brian is still alive. And Co uh, speaking of Coach Brian, we have someone that's maybe related to him. And so, Maddie, maybe you can introduce yourself to the listeners, talk about how long you've been training and your role at TFTC. Yeah, so um, I've been training for about 12 years on and off with my dad because he's been doing it for about 20-some years now. And he got me into it at a really young age and I started actually TFTC it came from our old house third floor tactical concepts it was actually on our third floor so I started at about the age of four on our third floor training jujitsu and striking and just learning how to defend myself and we had another gym in Anger and that was where his actual first gym was. And then we ended up selling it to Neil. And he just now got started back in carry with the same gym. So It's pretty rare that the youngest person in the studio has more martial arts experience than the three others combined. But but it's pretty exciting. And, and as Maddie mentioned, your dad, Brian Mingy, is a black belt under Hoist Gracie in Brazilian mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd heard that story before about the name of, of TFTC, but it's always nice to sort of try to explain that to the listeners. And so we'll talk with each of you about like how you're helping Sammy get trained for her fight and your own journey in a second. But like so so but I want to talk to you first Samantha about about your perspective on when you go into a fight camp. Like for one thing, how long is a typical fight camp for you? Do you have a set amount of like I want to get 10 weeks in and do you have and do you and your coaches sit down and come up with a plan for for how to train? Like how does that work at TFTC? Yeah, actually we do. Um, it was pretty funny. My last fight, which was August 20th, I was supposed to have fought in May against an opponent. So I'd started my fight camp maybe in March and uh, I'd trained so hard and for so long and then that fight fell through and then I immediately got this next fight, jumped into another fight camp. So I felt like I was in like a five month fight camp almost. Um, so on the bright side, my cardio, top notch. Um, and that's mainly due to someone I hate, so I will shout them out right now. <laughs> Cricket Antonio Bangston, this one's for you. Hate you. Great trainer uh, over at Sport HQ. Really makes me work, but uh, I, I do have nightmares about that man. It's funny how <laughs> it's funny how much of martial arts is a love-hate relationship, right? And you always hurt the one you love. So I assume that Cricket loves you or hates you or maybe a little bit of both. I don't know if that's his form of love, but if it is, I need to talk to his mother about that. <laughs> it, tough love. Tough love. It's the best love. 
so so in terms of so I know we, we were talking a little bit off the air about you know you train mainly out of the TFTC carry location but also train at several other local gyms to get work in so maybe you could talk about uh, about that as a process of preparation yeah I will say this and I'm sure you know this as well Jeff being in the North Carolina martial arts compute community we have a very tight-knit group um, everybody here really tries to help other people succeed I uh, cannot be happier with the community I live in um, I'm able to go over to Forge Fitness um, in Raleigh and get some training with Bagels and Billy, and then I'm able to go to Forge and Carrie and Trevor Hayes, who you have on the show all the time. Who? And then yeah, that guy, <laughs> that, that cowboy karate. Uh, he's able to. He really helped get the finesse on my stand-up game. Um, so I could not thank him enough. I get some good training over there. There's another guy over there, Adley Edwards, who has a fight coming up this weekend. So I wanted to give him a shout out. It's his pro debut over in Ohio. He's really awesome to train with. Um, CJ Murdoch, black belt who's been on the show. He's in town. He has his pro debut in about a month. So I get some training in with him. And then um, a huge shout out to the girls in North Carolina, especially the ones from other gyms, um, Mary, Lourdes, Chelsea, Heather. They've all helped me out so much, work on my takedowns, work on my grappling, help show me some things, and I could not thank them enough as well. Yeah, there's a lot to preview there, and, and, and thank you for mentioning Adley Edwards' fight, because we're going to have Trevor, I believe that fight's in Ohio, Trevor is going to mm-hmm. go and corner Adley, and he's going to call in uh, to, to recap that fight for us. We always like to keep people apprised of what's going on in the local scene. We'll return to the women in the North Carolina martial arts community in, in, a, in a bit, because I know that they're, you know, it's always tough for an amateur person to find a fight, but like particularly with a smaller subset, I imagine that it, it's a challenge as a woman as well. And actually, why don't we just talk about about that right now? Like, are you finding, like, what's your experience both training for MMA as a woman and finding fights? Is it more of a challenge? Is are there aspects of it that are that are unique that you want to tell the listeners about? Oh, yeah, it's hundred percent more of a challenge to find a fight at, especially my weight class. Um, I'm a smaller girl fight at 115. I could potentially even cut down to 105, but it's difficult enough finding one at straw weight. Um, I'm lucky that South Carolina tends to have a bigger surplus of women to choose from. North Carolina, it's almost impossible. I knew maybe a handful of them and one of them I trained with, so that was already out of the question. Um, I will say that since my last fight, due to the exposure, I have been receiving um, notices from other promotions, people trying to get me to fight in other states. I've heard of Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York. Sadly, nothing in North Carolina yet, which I'm hoping for so I can get um, more of my local friends to be able to come out and show their support. Uh, You know, I do think as the scene grows and like and, and, you know, we can return to this topic in a sec. And, you know, as a as a fighter that has a tough time finding fights, you just are going to have to travel more, right, to South Carolina or some of the other states that you mentioned. I do think as our scene in North Carolina grows and we start we'll have it with more promotions putting on fights, it may become possible to bring more people in so that then maybe it's the South Carolina women that are coming here to fight you or the New York women coming here to fight you, uh, maybe more so. And I assume that's something that you would be very interested in. Oh, 100%. I hate sitting in the car for multiple hours. There's my famous complaining coming into play. My boyfriend will tell you, number one, that he's probably so sick of me riding shot gun in the car complaining about how stiff I'm getting sitting for multiple hours <laughs> well so like if, from, from my perspective as someone that, that doesn't that you know that hasn't had an MMA fight but has participated in fight camps for my friends and teammates and has participated in training camps for, for grappling tournaments it's the preparation that's the hardest thing oh a hundred percent not even close the fight's over and done with uh your adrenaline's going so it just goes by in a flash the fight camps what just 
breaks you down. It'll break you down physically and mentally, um, which is why I respect all fighters that get in there because the fight camp is so tough. Only the strong make it out of that fight camp. Um, and, you know, I do have to train with guys a lot, and I will say that all the guys from other gyms I train with, including my gym at TFTC, they're really great with uh, not treating me different because I'm a girl, um, not making it awkward, just helping me train and be the best fighter that I can be. And so let's talk about that fight camp. So, you know, I can say that when we have fight camps, Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, often there's sort of the base level camp, and, and Samantha talked about a little of that as well, the, the conditioning, the diet, the, the, the sparring rounds. But there's also roles where we have specific people like, hey, you know, so-and-so is really good at takedowns. We're going to have you do takedowns with Samantha. And so, Julie, I'm curious, what do you see as your role, you know, in, in terms of being a training partner with Samantha to help her, her, her get prepared for the fight? I squash I squash her. She absolutely she love me. it. Absolutely love it. Uh, uh, well, I otherwise wouldn't be able to get into, you know, a, a real dominant position in just like a regular role during like a jujitsu match with Sammy. So uh, I'm actually starting there. It's like, all right, it's oh, take your position of choice. You know, She'll whatever. start 80% into an arm bar if she can. <laughs> They'll, I'll tell her, you know, start in a dominant position on top. I'll work my escape. So I expect mount or side control or Kesa. And uh, Julie's like, oh, I'm just going to have this arm bent behind my elbow real quick. Oh, and not now true. you can try not to get true, out. Not true. Not true. The designated squisher is an important role, though. Yes. She yes, does it well. It is. it is. I like shoulder pressure. So... All about the ugly face. <laughs> Love it. So, well, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So if you're not starting 80% <laughs> in an arm bar, like, you know. It's I, all for her benefit. It's she tells me that all better. the time. Through it's the tears, make- she's like, this is to make you better. Or Maddie will tell you, uh, she is never allowed to keep time for me again. When they tell me I have to do a certain number of rounds, Maddie, for some reason, always loses the track record. So six. instead of, no, it was not. Instead of, uh I'll be doing five rounds, and uh, she'll be like, oh, that was only three. And I'm like, no, it, it was definitely four. No, no, it was only three. This is going to make you better if I'm wrong anyway. Um, so, yeah, she and she gets that from her dad, who also can't keep time and makes me grapple for 20 minutes straight when it's supposed to be three-minute rounds. Linear time is an illusion anyway. So, uh, Maddie, is that story true, or is, is Samantha shining the 100%. listeners on? No, it's, it's very true, but it was six. She it was not. She miscounted, <laughs> but it's okay. So, so Maddie, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Julie, which is like, what do you see your role, like, other than being the uh, the arbiter of what time is, uh, <laughs> what do you see your role in, in helping Samantha get ready for her fights? Um, I try, I'm mostly for her, I'm just a body for her, but I try to stay moving a lot and put her in some really uncomfortable positions so she's not caught off guard if she gets put there in her actual fight. Um... I mean, that, that's important. And, and like you mentioned, the role of being another body to throw because e- e- fight camps are hard and they're hard on your bodies. Not obviously for the person that's preparing for the fight, very hard on the body. But it can be difficult just to find people that are around that same size to have another body to throw to just keep people fresh. Uh, is that something like how do you, how do you handle that at TFTC? Oh, I enjoy it. It's so fun for me. We actually have um, an amazing show of women at, oh, yeah. at TFTC. So we all we volunteer are. to punch me in the face, by absolutely. the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, like we have, and she wanted to be here, but she was out of state at the moment. Like we have Jordan that um, she'll Gets come. no donuts now. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> Chin Lu. We've got Carrie. We've got... Hannah, 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 both Hannahs. Like, I mean, we have such an amazing group of women at TFTC, and 
all of them are you know willing to donate their body you know oh, to help please they're all neil asks them who would like to help me out and they all jump into mountains and start punching me this this is for their enjoyment let's let's <laughs> not really lie is. and embellish <laughs> it really is. is is jordan the one that you specifically asked me to schedule this interview while she was out of town is that the one yeah she's that? she's not allowed to come in here i banned her from donuts <laughs> fair enough it's important <laughs> But like Julie, you raise an interesting question. Like in that, you it seems like you have a community of women. We do at we TFTC, do. and like in, in my experience, like Triangle Jiu Jitsu Academy, we have a lot of, of amazing women that train there as well. And in terms of, I will, it's been really gratifying to watch where we started with. You know, we were a very small gym at first, and we had Kim Rice, so I'm sure many of you, you know, top tier Jiu Jitsu competitor, also want to know MMA fighter. And once we got the second or third women that became Kim's main training partners, it really grew from there, and that community was able to grow. Is is, is that y'all's experience as well? What how have y'all have been been able to to build a gym that that is really that has such a community of strong women? Samantha, you can go first. Maybe then the rest you can weigh in. Sure. Um, when I had first started out, it was uh, just myself and Katie Holloman, Travis's brother, um, and my friend Isabella, who uh, is a cop. You know. Go blue. Isabella um, Pena, right? Yes. Yeah, very, so very good grappler. She is, and, uh, you know, she's keeping us safe on the streets now. Um, and then from there, it just seemed to grow, especially once we opened our location in Cary. The women just came in, which I 100% could not be happier for. Um, sorry, Jerm, love you, you're my brother, but I was so sick of grappling you. On the bright side, my armbar defense, top notch, top notch now. Um, but, you know, I spent, I spent what, almost nine months in the womb with Jeremy? We're close enough. It's fine. That's plenty of time. That's plenty of time. I, know, I, mean, I want to talk about being a triplet, too, but like, uh, but, but, which, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. Jeremy's muscles got so big with, you know, all the, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but uh, what about y- y'all's answers to, to the same question? Like, how, do you, how has this community of women developed it at TFTC? How, how have you watched that proceed? Um, I know we've had, uh, you know, just a couple of people that have come in from other gyms that, that they've even made the statement, oh, well, you know, I've trained here or I've trained there, but I just haven't felt like um, th- that gym was family. And maybe we just kind of at TFTC kind of give that little extra love. Julie's queen of the, the struggle snuggles. <laughs> We just give that little extra love and openness, I think. Uh, love. Love. Lots of love. Sometimes love feels like shoulder pressure. Sometimes. Yeah. A cross face, you know. Well, so Maddie, as someone who is literally family to TFTC, mm-hmm. I mean, what what, what, do you, what what do you have to say about that? Um, I'm going to brag a little bit, but we just, every gym around here, we have amazing coaches, and they're all very welcoming, and it's really important because you can tell that every single one of them cares, like, f- like they physically care about how you do, and... Um, that you succeed in everything. And I think that's a big part when people see that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of creating a positive environment, I really do believe that you can feel that. Like, you can, the, the, there's a palpable sense sometimes without getting too hippie to be about it of whether someone has your best interests at heart. And, you know, it's funny because in jujitsu and in MMA, a lot of times having your best interests at heart feels like I'm going to put you through a workout that's going to make you vomit or I'm going to start in when I'm, I'm in S-mount and I'm 80% of the way to an armbar. And, and at the time, that doesn't necessarily feel like love and affection. But in reality, we're all trying to help make each other better. And that's some of the best ways that we improve. Oh, yeah. I hate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Samantha, I'm going to uh, uh, specific question. What is the hardest part of a fight camp for you? Um, probably... Uh Having Neil tell me to do things, having Cricket tell me to do things, having Trevor tell me to do things. Um, I'm gonna say diet. I think I will. Oh, she's diet. always complaining about. Yes. about oh, I can't eat this. Oh my God! Somebody make this for me. I do, and you know what? We do have somebody at our gym, Christine. Um, she has Wildflower Organic Bakery, and she 
is awesome. She makes like vegan paleo. She'll make me, yeah, for Jeff right there. I'm pumping my vegan fist right now. He is, he is. Um, and, uh, you know, she'll make me some healthy stuff to satisfy my sweet tooth. And then after the fight, she'll. I asked for donuts last time. She came in with not one donut, not two donuts. She came in with like three, three dozen, dozen donuts. donuts and uh, apple cider and pumpkin. And they were delicious. And I ate them in one day. I was trying to make them last Baked, the whole week. old-fashioned. Oh, they were so... We, we attacked them at the gym, so... That was pretty awesome. I, I love talking about diet on the show because, I mean, for me, and I'm glad you brought that up, Julie, because, like, you know, the, the, obviously we train hard, right? And we train hard. And, and I'm sure Neil and Cricket make you do things that are, that are difficult and painful and physically exertion. But, like, the diet stuff takes such a level of discipline that it's, it's, it, it is what's most difficult for me. My diet and, right now is water and sadness. <laughs> <laughs> sadness is important. It, it fuels the vitriol, which, which fuels you to victory. But, like, when I was, when I was competing in my last grappling tournament, um, you know, and I had I had I put on a little bit of weight, and and uh, so I, I had to make a particular weight. And my wonderful girlfriend, uh, the uh, my expensive radio consultant Betsy O'Donovan, uh, is uh, she she works at a local newspaper, and they were running this event. And so, like two days before the weigh-in, uh, she's like, "Oh, hey, do you mind you know driving me to work today? I need to pick something up on the way." As it turns out, she was uh, what she needed to pick up on the way were six dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh. <laughs> and we ended up, and they didn't have them packed, so we had to wait in Krispy Kreme with the hot and now sign on. So you have like the smell of like, you know, donuts, and they get the wall of sugar there. And I'm just sitting there with like with my, you know, unfortunately, not vegan, couldn't have it anyway. But still, you know, you're 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 there and you're smelling these things that. Oh yeah, uh, pizza and donuts are my my number one, my number one go to, and you know. Uh, and then the carry location is surrounded <sighs> by restaurants, delicious, delicious and, and food, and goodies that are too easy to. To just go grab. Yeah, the, the whole carry, like, for those of you that aren't from North Carolina and you're listening elsewhere, or, or if you just haven't been to the TFTC location, carry in Morrisville, particularly for Asian food, is such an amazing center of great restaurants in the area that I don't, I don't know how y'all, you're, I don't know how you could cut to 105 with, like, with like all that stuff in the area. She can't. Water and sadness. <laughs> and uh, the, the also, I will well, say, because I've gone, what, 30 <laughs> minutes without mentioning him, my wonderful boyfriend, Turner, he helps me stay on track with my diet. Um, he can eat whatever he wants. Great genetics. I cannot, but he. I tell him all the time, make sure I don't eat this. And he, he does a good job with that. He's also my number one hair braider, and he does the hair for the girls at the gym. And he's supposed to cut Brian's hair, like, next week. Yeah, so get on that, Turner. Uh, <laughs> so taking a step back from, from the specifics of this fight and this fight camp, I want to talk to each of you about what a typical week training at TFTC is like when, when you're not in fight camp. Like what kind of class offerings do you all have? Like what kind of what, – what's a standard day slash week for you all? Um, I'll let Maddie take that one because your dad's the one that teaches most of it. Um, yeah, so we have like – fundamental jiu-jitsu on Monday and Wednesday and then my dad what taught by Brad and then we have like advanced jiu-jitsu where we all throw each other around um Tuesday and Thursday um it's a lot of hard work it's really fun but so what about MMA offerings like do you have striking classes specifically as well we talked a little bit about Muay Thai yes so my dad just changed the our normal striking class, stand-up class, to more of a self-defense because that's what he originally wanted to focus more on, Brad and Neil, all of them. Um, he's trying to get more on people being able to defend themselves if they get caught in a bad situation, like out in public and out in the real world, rather than going fist-to-fist -fist in a fight in a cage. 
Yeah, Brian actually has, um, he has like training knives, which are, you know, rubber, obviously. And then uh, he has a rubber gun as well. So we've been working a lot on the tactical training. We do have a lot of, as I'm sure you do at your gyms as well, law enforcement that trains. Um, and it's always good to be prepared, not saying anything's going to happen in the mean streets to carry. But, you know, there's that saying, like, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Um, so it's that type of mentality right there. And then we have our other location in Clayton where we can get plenty of sparring. And we actually have um, a couple guys from the UFC that are over there. Marcus Davis, the Irish hand grenade, who's now retired, but he's Tim Bosch's coach, who will be on um, UFC 205. And that is the week after my fight, the same day as Toro Cup, and it'll be that night. So, you know, I get to tell everybody I got punched in the face by legit people. Yeah, and, that, and that's, I mean, that's going to be a big weekend. And I mean, it, it must also, from a timing perspective, that must be gratifying for you as well, knowing that your fight will be out of the way and then you can just go and enjoy. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm, I can't wait to watch Toro. I'm, I'm almost more excited to watch Toro Cup because I have so many friends that are in that in the jiu-jitsu community. Um, I'm sure Julie will be there as well. You were at the last one. And then we're all going to watch the fights that night because we got to train with uh, Marcus and Tim. So we're all going to probably gather at somebody's house and watch all the fights later on that evening. That's a really exciting thing. And like you, so you, you talked about, you ran down some of you know the, the impressive coaches that you all work with. You know, And obviously, Brian Mingy, Hoist Gracie Black Belt. We talked a little bit about Neil Weaver, also a black belt. Brad Acosta, tremendous brown belt competitor who's you know, also just, just a really, you know, an excellent competitor who's also just a really positive force in the local martial arts scene. And so I'm wondering if you could enumerate like specific things. And, and you know, I, I'll start with you, Sam, but like we could, we could, we could go to each of you as well. Like what specific things would you say you've learned from each of those coaches that you're like, well, this is a particular strength that Brian has passed on to me. This is a particular technique that Bra- that I've learned from Brad, things like that. Oh, I've received excellent advice from all of them. I can tell you it right now. Um, Brad has told me when I first started competing, because I started out in jujitsu tournaments and I would get so overracked with nerves and coach Brad was the one who mentioned to me you know before you ever grapple in jujitsu do you just go right in there cold and grapple or do you get a real hefty warm-up so I started taking a leaf out of Brad's book and warming up really really hard before any sort of competition and that just helped me feel like I was back at the gym instead of you know on a stage in front of people he's also the one who told me about playing to my game and not worrying about theirs um, then I had Brian who told me he's given me so much about the Gracie diet which has honestly really helped me um, and now I follow that very strictly I'll do honey before a fight before I compete Brian's also really big on telling me like stop fighting so much whenever I am training which sounds silly because that's what I do but it really does help it helps me stay focused and remember you know not just to throw crazy haymakers but to again play my game and then uh Neil's really big on just sticking to what I know he's like oh okay well if they took you down who cares now you're on the ground you know how to grapple you know how to do that you know don't get nervous um he told me probably about 30 times walking up to the cage in my last fight he would say uh chin down hands up chin down hands up chin down hands up and you could see me mouthing it to myself when I was in the cage getting ready to do that um, with my other cornermen as well Carlos and Daniel Triana who were just repeating the same mantra over and over again it's funny how the simple stuff is also the most powerful and uh, we have a training partner in my gym who will remain nameless who is in the habit of shouting hands down chin up at, at my fight at my friend's opponents <laughs> which uh, <laughs> hasn't worked yet but one of these days I'm sure it's gonna <laughs> one work of these days. one of these days it's gonna work so, Maddie, obviously your primary instructor is your dad, but like, and so, so what kind of stuff have you learned from him? What kind of stuff have you learned from some of the other coaches at TFTC? Well, from my dad, I've learned how to use all my hands that God has given me, which will be my feet, 
my back, my stomach, anything on my body he considers a hand. Use your foot hand. Yeah. So Break that girl's feet arms. <laughs> he does, that's what he, he no, does like, do that. Well. That's a big thing, no, but I've learned to... He's really big on always telling me to stay in the fight when things get hard. So just whenever I feel like things get hard, the reward is going to always be so great. And jiu-jitsu-wise, he teaches me a lot to stay moving, don't get settled on really one position. If I have to struggle to really get to it, then go to something else. Um, that's really good advice. <laughs> yeah, that's really big what he's on. Brad, oh, he's amazing. I've learned he teaches the fundamental class, and the basics are always really important. So he really reiterates like how to use the basics and drilling them in my head, which is great. I always need that. Yeah, the fundamentals are where it all starts. I mean, what, what do you think, Julie? Oh, absolutely. Um, so with doing that, like it, j- I started out with TFTC doing just like Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then slowly that grew into the double class on Monday, double class on Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for two and a half hours with Sammy, and then again on Sunday for, you know, two and a half to three hours. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure my husband appreciates all the time away with him being left with the three kids at home. You're welcome, Charles. (laughs) Do you ever think about bringing the husband and the three kids in to jump on Sammy at the same time? Oh, that would be awesome. The the kids do. The kids definitely do. Sammy helps with the kids' class on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so all three kids are in that class. And, and they dear God, let's not do. let's not invite Charles to do that because that man is over six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the kids are all right. All three of them together are what maybe sixty pounds. Right, right, yeah, like forty pounds a piece, forty, forty, and maybe sixty pounds is the the largest because they're only five, eight, and ten years old, but. Um, so going back to your actual question, though, but with the fundamentals, being able to just, especially with Brad, being able to say, look, you know, you need to start bridging some of these absolute fundamentals together, making sure that you're able to say, um, you know, if, if this position's not working for me, going right into the next thing and not just staying there and trying to force one submission or trying to force one position to work for you. Uh, the like, the, I, I like that we do switch up instructors some, though, because like with uh, Brian, you know, there's always that aspect of self-defense, and it just really helps to add that little bit more confidence into yourself with not just doing the jujitsu, but with saying, you know what, if I got caught out in a bad place, that I'd be able to handle myself and being able to, you know, pass that on to my kids and being able to see the confidence, especially in my oldest daughter, Ashley, you know, she came in so timid starting with jujitsu. And now that she's been doing it for almost a year, it's almost like she's a completely different child. She was leaving almost every class. Oh, I bent my finger back. And now it's, you know, everything's so dramatic. It's broken. She can't move it. And now where she can take an (laughs) she can take it, you know, an unintentional kick to the head. And she's like, I'm good. Oh, yeah. So, her her yeah, complete yeah. 180. It's, it's amazing it to see. They even compete now, uh, which is awesome. And, you know, um, both Neil and Brad are really big on, you know, if one door is closed, don't try to force it open. Look for another opening, another entryway. And a lot of that stuff they got from uh, Jeff Baum as well, who I'm sure you know of. Yeah, um, sure. Open guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, it's interesting because you, the points you bring up highlight a paradox for me, which is, a huge benefit of fight camp is you improve dramatically during that time, right? You're intently focused on getting better as a fighter and prepping. And yet we've all, we already discussed, 
as an amateur, let alone as a woman amateur who is smaller, there is always the possibility that that fight falls through, either due to injury or an opponent drops out or the event itself is canceled. And so let's talk a little bit about getting to this second fight of yours and like how much of a journey has that been for you? Have you tried, you know, have you set up fights and had them fall through? Have you had a tough time finding fights? Like talk a little bit about the struggle in, in terms of getting to fight. Yeah, like um, I did mention that I was supposed to fight in May and that fight, it was um, against another person who was their debut. So, you know, we didn't really have anything to go off of and they gave no reason. They just kind of backed out. Um, I think they were worried a little bit on the grappling aspect but it was still a debut for me. It's not like I'm a 7-0 and fighter trying to go against somebody who's had no experience in the cage. Um, I was really happy to get that last fight. It was very short-term, four-week notice, because they were trying to get me on the card, and then the card got filled. So I was I felt beyond blessed to be able to take that fight. Uh, this fight, I'm pretty confident. I don't want to jinx myself that it will fall through, but I'm pretty confident because Alex is a tough girl. She's been through this before, so I'm holding on to that. Um, I know it's very nerve-wracking, especially for my friends and family, who I'm going to take this moment to make fun of my dearly loved brother. Uh, He cried, cried, cried at my last fight. Cried watching me because he was so nervous. That's adorable. (laughs) That's legitimately adorable. Big old old strong Jeremy was crying. Just shouting that out. Um, But it was because he was so proud of me. I will mention that I had watched him fight several times and never shed a tear. Um, But, you know, I did have maybe... A he beer prob- in my he hand probably at the loves time. Her more. <laughs> probably. Oh, probably. It's not more. even a doubt. Definitely. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but let's talk about family. Like you know, at, you know, as you mentioned, your brother Jeremy Seth, uh, successful amateur MMA fighter. You know, competes in jujitsu uh, and all that stuff. How much of a help is it to have a close? Fa- and I don't, I don't think I know your third sibling, but like, how how much of a help is it to have family that is in the business? Um, I absolutely love my brothers to death. My other brother, Jared, he's a very successful artist in Savannah, Georgia. Um, JaredSuff.com, just shouting that out there. Uh, But he's really awesome. He got all the talent in the family. I can't even draw a stick figure. Jeremy can't even spell his name right half the time. Um, And then my parents are really into it as well. My dad was a little nervous about getting me started at first. He was, I think, more excited for Jeremy when he first started in the sport. Um, But he kind of realized that this was my dream and that I was going to work really hard for it. And now uh, I got to control him when we're out in public because he goes up to random people. Look at my daughter beat this girl up. Look at this video. Oh, that's my daughter. He shows up the gardener, the dentist, the eye exam people. Like he like, thanks, dad. I'm glad you're proud of me. But, you know. Take, take it down a notch. Um, and then my mom, you know, bless her. All moms, I'm sure, are like this for fights. She gets exceptionally nervous. She was really pale before my last fight. I'm reading like Lord of the Flies. I'm um, just hanging out because I like to read. It helps calm me down. And Neil had even asked me, like, hey, is your mom okay? She looks like she's about to pass out or throw up. And then uh, my mom came up to me after the fight was over and was like, I was so nervous, but nobody could tell. Uh, it was awesome. I was like, Mom, we, we all could tell. We were all severely worried about you. <laughs> but, you know, they're very supportive. It's good. It's it's important to have a, a support from your family, even if, like, and, and, and especially to have a sibling who is close and, and, and competes in the same, in the same, uh, in the same art as you do. Um, so what about, what about, what about the rest of y'all? Like, I mean, you know, you have kids that train and Julie, my husband and your, your husband, yeah, also my husband also trains Charles yeah yeah so like if if um is do you find that to be a mutually supportive thing like, oh absolutely absolutely no um you know Brian would actually tell us I, I competed at the U.S. grappling 
uh, submission only tournament uh, back in July. And leading up to that, you know, my husband was so lovingly supportive by allowing me to attend every single class um, and taking a step back for himself with jujitsu so that he could watch the kids while I attended all the classes. But then after, you know, the tournament, he was like, okay, so which days are you going to take? And I'm like, oh. I have to which, share again. Which, what do you mean? <laughs> the Fighting Fergusons. <laughs> you, sh- you, sh- you should register thefightingfergusons.com right now. <laughs> Somebody else is going to domain squat that for you. Uh, well, Brad like this, likes to always talk the the Fighting Ferguson 5. <gasps> oh, yeah. It, it kind of rolls off the tongue. Absolutely. You can even steal like the Fantastic Four logo and just make it a 5. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's better than I can't that last keep, movie. Yeah, I can't keep giving out these ideas for free, though. You know, it's, that's gold right there. We'll slide you a dub later, Jeff. Nah, no, I trust y'all. <laughs> I trust y'all. <laughs> so, uh, in ter- so where, did, like, in terms of your goals, like, so this will be your second amateur fight. Is is a pro career on the horizon for you? Is that something that's a goal of yours, or is that something you're not even thinking about at this juncture? Well, I do know that a lot of people get into fights saying that they just want to take one or two just to say they did it. And, you know, go on about their either jujitsu career, or go into teaching, or just go back to training for fun. Um, I have been really into fighting since I was like 15, 16 years old watching it. I watched uh, Ronda and Misha back in Strike Force when it existed. Uh, I've been watching Chris Cyborg's career forever, and that is like my ultimate goal who I want to fight like because she is just such a dominant force. Um, the strawweight champ, Joanna, right now, I'm not even going to pronounce her last name because I'll butcher it to death on radio. Yandrychich what he said um and you know i just have all these women that i look up into in the sport that i just ultimately want to be able to reach that level um i'm taking it one fight at a time focusing on what i do right now because too many people i've seen fall short of their goals because they're thinking too far into the future Um, i do think it's important to plan my future and know that that is what i want to do um but i don't spend like my waking hours thinking about like okay i'm gonna go into this this will be my professional career this is what i'll do i know it's the dream and it's in the back of my mind at all times but i'm focusing on one step at a time every day taking it and just focusing on this upcoming fight november 5th yeah i mean i think it's the right way to approach it and side note we had robert drysdale on the show who um he uh, one of his black belts is is Joanna's grappling coach, and oh, so fan girl, fan girl. <laughs> yeah, no. When, when he comes, what, back, what did they touch? <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, he was sitting right there. So like, you get some Robert Drysdale trying Joanna, to absorb Joanna. some of it. Sometimes I just like run up to Brian and like try and high five him and try and get some of that. We share nail clippers, so you know maybe some of that <laughs> that black belt power will come my way. Well, just by sitting in that seat, you have some Joanna Yandrychich mojo. And by the way, I worked on pronouncing that name for like two hours before my Robert Drysdale interview. And then never used it. <laughs> it's important. You hate butchering people's names, but yeah. So, so it's cool to keep your eye on the long-term prize while at the same time you're con- obviously focused specifically on this fight. So you mentioned there are some other TFT. There are three other TFTC fighters fighting on this card. Yes. Are are you all rolling down in force to like? Are there a lot of TFTC folks that are going to show up and watch these fights in, in live in person? Have you talked about going down there as a group? Yeah, there always is. Um, I always have Julie front and center screaming, which is nice. Um, she tells me all the time. Yeah, just pretend it's me on you. I'm like, oh, I think I, you know what? I think the stars every day that I'm not fighting any of the girls from my gym, Maddie, Julie, Jordan, Shenlu, Hannah's, any of them, because they are some tough girls. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, hopefully nobody's as strong. And they're strong, too. So I'm like, hopefully nobody's as strong, as tough as you ladies. Um, but we do have a lot of people from TFTC that come out, show their support, a lot of family members from the other people competing. Um 
all the people that are on the card that come from TFTC, they're like brothers to me. So I'm really lucky that I get to train with them as well. So you've, you've been through a couple of fight camps now. I'm wondering, what is your hardest single day of training during fight camp? Probably the days that I see Cricket, Trevor, and Neil in one day. Um, I'm pretty sure I've ended those days near tears and have made Turner shower me with lots of uh, compliments for no reason. <laughs> Just be like, sit there, tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is something I do constantly. Oh, like after yeah, every rolling session, you know, make all the white belts tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> I, I do have I have weird rituals. I made a I made a Travis hug me and tell me he'd love me no matter what happened in the <laughs> waiting room for the last fight. I made Mark Jahad actually slap me in the face to get my adrenaline going. This isn't a joke. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Neil was a little shocked. <laughs> so when you say you have, you have rituals, like I, I'm interested in both of those things. Like the two that are those interested with, in the slap and Jeff. Yeah, a little I bit. Can, I can have volunteer bit. for you if you like. No, I, <laughs> a little I, stocked I, and slapped. Little little pancreation. Yeah, a little little. Yeah, two oh nine. What? <laughs> but I'm in, I'm interested when you say like are those things that were sort of spur of the moment things that you're like let's do this or these things that are or are there specific rituals that you do on the regular to get yourself mentally prepared yeah um well definitely uh you know everybody's always listening to music and stuff i'm doing that but i'm also reading um basically if i'm not training i'm reading i'm a huge nerd on the inside um and i was debating whether to take one of my harry potter books which i've read millions of times or if i go to barnes and noble which frequent card member over here spend hundreds of dollars every visit um so i was reading classics and i was reading a little bit of lord and the flies you know getting hyped up for poor piggy while i was preparing for my last fight it, it hyped me up because he did not deserve that death into hey, the rocks spoiler alert there. spoiler alert <laughs> right. um and so i was doing that and then uh when i was in the back waiting room i was kind of cracking jokes the whole time because it just made me feel more at ease i mean you know i've been talking on this radio and i haven't shut up once poor julie and maddie are over here like trying to speak and i'm just shoving my hand across their face um but i was just cracking jokes and that helped me calm down because it felt like the gym because i'm always uh making fun of everybody and everything including myself when we're at the gym and then again i had mark hit me (laughs) to just get the adrenaline going and i had travis tell me he loved me which everybody here does Julie and Maddie, we've talked about how you support Samantha during fight camp in a physical way and like, you know, beating her up, taking part in the drills, doing with the coaches. So what are some of the other things that you do to support? Like, what are some of the are there moral support roles that you all play to? Like, how do you support a teammate? (laughs) Moral support. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. No. um, I mean, you know, there's always the time um, after the class is officially ended and there's always, you know, talk about concerns or hey how can i or let me borrow you for a minute because this move didn't feel right or tell them what you did to me after class the other day julie i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) there were so many things i know right when we were when we were done grappling and you went to choke me and i went for the takedown and then you 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 did what after you started tickling me um (laughs) yeah 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 that's that's uh, but that's more physical support that's not that's not moral (laughs) i don't know she tapped she tapped to a tickle yeah. So so now her competitor it, it been a now her day. competitor now her competitor can know like all you got to do is get get the tickle get yeah. the tickle she'll tap. So Maddie, what do you see as sort of the moral support role of a training partner during a fight camp? I'm um, just trying to stay really positive. Don't like if you see that they're having a 
bad day or training was really hard, staying positive, giving the motivation with Sammy, just to tell her how awesome she is and she'll be fine. <laughs> Stop it. No, Maddie actually did um, give me some really good moral support before my last fight. It was uh, one of the last days of training before I left for South Carolina, and she just looked me dead in the eye and was like, I feel bad for any girl that has to fight you. And honestly, like, I don't care if <laughs> I she was that lying. I I roll with her. I don't care if she was embellishing, but I will say it made me feel better. <laughs> I mean, that is important because, you know, I, I mean, attitude and, and, and it's so easy to get, uh, particularly when you're dieting and particularly when you're training, it is so easy to get sort of down where, you know, you don't have the nutrients that you always want. You don't, your body is depleted. And so keeping a positive attitude, I think, can, can make such a huge difference in terms of performance and outcomes. And so, like, I, I'm curious about what it is. That, so you're two weeks out now or, you know, I mean, a, a certain amount of days. Do you have a, a plan to taper down your training? How does that look in the lay, in the days leading up to your fight? Yeah, and I'm uh, putting you out there on radio. Cricket, you hear that? Two weeks coming up to my fight, so you can't force me into slave driving mode. No, we do we do taper it down. Um, you know, no more heavy sparring, anything like that. Mostly drill, keeping my cardio up, keeping it intact. I'll still work with these girls a lot. Still have them put me in bad positions. Julie, not 80% into an arm bar. Um <laughs> I do start getting, you know, a little bit more on edge. And Jeremy, whenever he tries to help me, because he's my brother, he's the one that I usually lash out at, tell him to shut up, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. He's like, Sam, grab the arm, go for the underhook. And I'm like, leave me alone. Um, but, you know, it's all it's all love. What are the last two days before your fight look like? Um, so before the fight, that Thursday, I do a very, very light training, um, get some sweat going, try and get in the mental mindset. The Friday... We drive up to South Carolina because we do day before weigh-ins there. Um, and then I actually, that night, on Friday night, Turner will braid my hair into some awesome style of his choosing. Um, they actually gave credit to somebody else for my awesome, it was like a mohawk braid for my last fight. And uh, I don't know why they thought somebody else did it, and they, like, shouted out her company. Um, but it was Turner. He does hair really nicely, um, and he just helps me kind of get into the mindset. If... Uh, Hannah Hardy, she's a massage therapist. If she comes up to the fights, I actually have her work on me the day before, the day of, to just kind of get, you know, my body prepared. Maddie killing her with a little. Oh yeah, Matt. Oh man, y'all haven't y'all haven't lived until Maddie's <laughs> dug her elbows into your IT bands. I'm telling you, like, I screamed so loud, but like it. Trust me, Julie felt it for the first time last week, and like you think I'm being dramatic, but She's it, being it's very like a, dramatic. no, I am not. It is a She's myofascial being... release, okay, <laughs> and it is very intense, and it like makes her whole leg go numb. And Brian told me I had like the tightest IT bands of life, but Maddie is phenomenal at releasing that pressure. So, in terms of what happens after the fight? What What's the one thing you're looking forward to most? Beer. Um, no. <laughs> well, it is. Like, last time I stepped out of the cage and I was like, beer me. And somebody gave me a Bud Light so they're no longer my friend. Um, I drank it because it was cold. I thought but, I asked for beer and you handed me a Bud Light. Yes, but then I went to the connoisseur of all things alcohol-related, Julie. And uh, <laughs> she helped provide me with something better. So, thank you, Julie. That's an important training partner role, Julie. You, you're the real totally, MVP. Totally. Um, <laughs> and then uh, that and then food, I've already planned. I do this every time before a competition, before a fight, anything like that. I plan out my meal for the next day and I'm already 
thinking about donuts, apple pie with gelato in between from Carabas because I really want that. Um, and then we usually, Julie orders pizza up in her hotel room that night. And uh, I told myself, we I was like, oh, I'm only going to have pots, a. Though. No, no, no. We yeah, were this about time the crock we're doing crock pot. You know, just let the chicken breast go in the crock pot all evening from the time that we check in to the time up till after the fights are done. Then you just shred it. Everybody can make their own little, you know, soft tacos. And then Sammy had posted on Facebook that she really wanted some, like, French dip mac and cheese. Don't know if you've seen it come across Facebook. She wanted that. So we'll probably make that and put that in the crock and put that in the crock pot as well. She was like, somebody make this for me. So the last, uh, with the last fight, like her uh, post of somebody, dear God, please make this for me was like a Reese's cup. Um, Butterfinger butter cheesecake, cheesecake. Cupcake. cupcake. Julie made yes. it. Oh my God. So I had like five pieces of pizza, like multiple beers <laughs> and like three of those cupcakes. And I swear I had to ask Turner to carry me to the hotel room because after dieting, like eating that, I was like, I'm sweating crystallized sugar. <laughs> and it was so worth it. And then I got food poisoning the next day. So I ended up losing all the weight I gained anyway. So <gasps> gas station subs don't do it. Oh, yeah. Wow. That story took a dark turn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, we have a couple minutes left. Is there anything that I haven't asked about that you really wish I would have asked about or that you want the listeners to know about you, about TFTC, or about your fight? Um, Off the top of my head, I think we covered everything with my teammates coming up. You know, big shout-outs to them. I really hope the best for them and want them to do well. I will say, as much as I make fun of my brother, that he has been awesome in helping me with my MMA career. He's so supportive. Um, and so is my family as well and my boyfriend and his family Um, you know even my boyfriend's mom is constantly like sending me like remedies to help heal my bruises and sore muscles so I will say that I could not do what I do or be where I am if I didn't have great teammates great coaches and a great support system behind me I can't take credit for anything uh, any of that the only thing I can take credit for is the fact that I drag myself out of bed to do this stuff because it is my dream but 100% could not do it without all the great people behind me, the people that coach me, yell at me, make me cry, uh, sit on me, squish me, um, people from other gyms who are willing to take time out from their gyms and help me train without asking for anything in return. Uh, we really do have a great community up here. And Julie and Maddie, I thank you guys a lot for supporting me. And if you have anything else to add, go right ahead. It's my show, Sam. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. It's all right. Anyways, Julie and Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha Seff has her second amateur MMA fight November 5th in Spartanburg, South Carolina at the U.S. Freedom Fighter Championships 29 Shadows of Enmity event. Her training partners are Julie Ferguson and Maddie Mingi. And Julie and Maddie, do you have anything to add? Anything that we you think we left out before we, uh, before we get on out of here? Um, I just want to say that Sammy's awesome. And like ever since I started in the gym, she's been a big sister to me. And I really look up to her because she trains so hard, like, we gave her a workout, and she does another workout on top of that, and then she just never stops training. She's so hard on herself when and she's complaining. so good. <laughs> that is true, but even though she complains, she's I do it. never down on herself. She always tries to stay positive, which I really look up to. Oh, Jeff, do you have any Kleenex in the studio? <laughs> There's a lot of tears in the studio. I can feel the love in the room. Julie, can you feel the love? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to get some more love. Looking forward to tomorrow. Get a little squish, squish <laughs> going on with the shoulder, some cr- cross-pressure. This is why my face and my ears look like what they do. (laughs) 
I was wondering about the face. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Jeremy has the same face. Shout out. <laughs> right. And those skinny, witty, skinny, winning arms and those teeny, weeny legs. I'm, I'm joking. I'm having fun with y'all, but it's been a, it's, it's been a wonderful time having the three of you in the studio. Uh, Sammy, best of luck in your fight. All the listeners, we will post information about how you can get tickets. If you can roll out to Spartanburg to support uh, the TFTC fighters, please do it. If you can't, we will post information about the live stream when the show sells out. The fight is November 5th, and we would love to catch up with you after the fight to figure out how it went. Thank you so much for having us, Jeff. It was a pleasure. Always a pleasure having y'all in the studio. Folks, this is the Cage Side Concussion Cast. My name is Jeff Shaw. Get at us on Twitter and Instagram at CagesideWHUP. Shout us out on uh, Facebook at Cage Side Radio, and we will see you all next Sunday. Mm-hmm.